of one of the top 10 most influential men on the planet. Hey, it's Jason Capital. Jason Capital, he is the preeminent expert. Jason Capital has been recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur by the White House. There's very few people in the world like Jason Capital. He gets right to the core. Surrounds you with an energy unlike anything you've ever experienced. There's a ton of value, but it's presented in a really consumable way. In my definition, the way I describe freedom is getting what you want, when you want, with who you want. This is pretty much just an awakening to the world. Jason Capital. Take a glance, see what they're selling, see the general hook, but then put them away. Do not have those out when you're writing. Because if you're studying other people's stuff, I have this theory that you will at best be 80% as good as the original stuff. Let's start here and we'll see where this goes. You have, uh, for some reason, you have to write a kick-ass VSL in 30 days. Where do you start? So my process is probably different than the process other people should use because I could sit down and write it without doing a ton of prep because I've been doing this a long time. Yes. What I suggest to other people is to first immerse themselves in the market they're trying to go after. And this is something that if you're a business owner, you're probably already immersed. You probably already know what's going on in the industry. You probably know what all your competitors are selling. Yeah. You know what your advantage is. But if you're a freelance copywriter, yep. then you might be diving into something new. Yep. So, you know, let's say you get hired to write a sales promotion for a women's beauty product. Yes. Buy a fucking Cosmo magazine. Buy a Glamour magazine. Read uh, Us Weekly or People magazine. Look at the ads, see what everyone else is selling, mm. see the type of pain points they're talking so, about or the fears and, and so, all right, so when frustrations. You, when you're, maybe, maybe we'll go back in time, right? And maybe, yeah. Because you were freelancing at certain points. And you, so you, let's say it's women's beauty. I actually I freelanced once. Is that right? Yeah, why, I was really fortunate. You, you know, so I, I started working for Eben Pagan, who you know, mm -hmm. and I worked for him for five years writing dating advice copy. And then the recession hit, I got laid off and I needed a uh, uh, some kind of job to pay the bills, you know? So I did one freelance copy project for Joe Polish. I did not know that. Okay. And then my brothers and I got together with another gentleman and started the company that became Golden Hippo. Okay, awesome. So, all right, so only one time freelance. And it was, yes. with Joe Polish, that was probably a market you probably understood pretty well. Already. Actually, it was not. So it's a good example. Okay. Joe, at the time, had the largest marketing program for carpet cleaners. He was teaching carpet cleaners how to grow their carpet cleaning businesses. Mm -hmm. So how to go from like a one van operation where you're the one actually like out there vacuuming and shampooing the carpets to how to have multiple vans and you just sit and wear Dolce Gabbana sandals. <laughs> right. Ideally maroon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Actually, and I think that's an ox blood. Sorry, is this ox, bad. Yeah. ox blood right here? Yeah. Yeah. For the record, let's just state. Yeah. The, all, the other so I had, to, I had to dive in and figure out what is it that makes these carpet cleaners tick? What are their hopes and dreams and fears and frustrations? So the first thing I did was I asked Joe, I was like, what are these guys looking for? What do your competitors look like? What is gonna get them really excited? Is it really a multi-van operation? Or do they not wanna have that responsibility? Would they rather right. just have their one van and be able to charge a ton of money for each job so they do less jobs? Yep. What is it really? What do they want? And then the next step I suggest people do is if you can talk to those business owners, I wasn't able to do that, but I was able to watch the testimonials from Joe's group in the previous years mm. when people would get on stage and talk about the success they had with Joe's marketing program. So they would get up and they would say, yeah, you know, I was uh, working for someone else. Uh, I would ride in their van and I would be the one that had to do the, the cleaning when it was 100 degrees outside in Phoenix and the places that had no air conditioning and it was mm -hmm. fucking terrible. 
and I was able to use Joe's material to start off on my own and get my own van. Or there'd be someone who said, you know, I had two vans and business was okay, but my kids wanted to go to Disney World and I couldn't afford that. Mm. And I use these secrets to expand. Now we have 17 vans. I work less than ever. And when we go to Disney World, we all fly first class. Things like that, you know? Yeah. So you learn what they're looking for. Yeah. Was what they were looking for different than what you expected them to be looking for? Well, there's those nuances because you want to not promise the world, but you want to promise big, you know? So I knew that they would want to make more money with less work. That's a universal truth. Less stressed out. I knew a lot of people who start their own businesses are basically like starting themselves a job that can be more hours than the one that they left, mm-hmm. you know, when you become a full-time entrepreneur. Yep. So I know talking about less stress, better systems in place that you don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that they were all going to want more clients because in any business, the more clients you have, the more money you make. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I was going to focus on, focus on client getting strategies, less stress, more money. It's pretty universal across any type of biz op type of thing. So you, before you said you, you don't want to make these huge claims or promises, but you do want to have a, a big promise in there. You, what, what do you, when you say that, what is the distinction that you're kind of making? Yeah, so you want to sell the dream, as they say, but they have to hear you talking about that dream. And there can be a hint of like, wow, could that really happen? Could I really fly my whole family first class? Mm-hmm. But it can't be unbelievable. It can't be like, you know, by the time you get this course, you're going to find that you're flying in the G6 with two flight attendants to play with your kids while you have your back rubbed and grapes fed to you and you're on <laughs> private plane. It's like, no. Yeah. But flying your family first class is something you can imagine could possibly happen to you mm-hmm. if you have a really successful carpet cleaning operation. Mm-hmm. The other thing is just too unrealistic, yeah. you know? So you do want to sell the dream, but it has to be believable. Yeah. So you talk about in your teachings that you're creating a hundred millionaire students yeah. and you have a few already. Yeah. That's very believable. If you said my goal in life is to create more billionaires than Microsoft did when it went public, <laughs> people would be like, get the fuck out of here. I you know? Yeah. I don't think I can do that. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, even like a hundred millionaires, if you're like, you know, 10 people in this room are going to be having a hundred million net worth within the next five years. Like that actually is like distantly possible, but it's too far along. It's too big of a stretch. Yeah. If you say, I'm going to create a hundred millionaire students and I already have five, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. that's believable. That's something I can picture for myself. I could be one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember uh, when I first started selling make money stuff a few years ago, I did a, a little bit of mentoring with John Carlton. And he looked at some of my stuff and he was like, you need, he's like, I think we're promising 15 grand a month. And he was mm-hmm. like, drop it by 90%. And I was like, no. yeah. he goes, no, like promise $1,500 and it worked. Mm. Right? And I think it's exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I got from John Carlton also is the strength of ease, promising ease. So I talked to John Carlton when I was selling dating advice products, which was my first copywriting gig. Yeah. I worked there full time. And I remember he was speaking on a program. I got up to ask him a question. I don't remember what my question was, but he told me something interesting. He said, Craig, you got to understand when you're selling dating advice, no one wants to buy the book, read through 100 pages, go out, practice the techniques, get rejected like 90% of the time, you know, and then hopefully end up 
having a few dates. They want to take a pill and wake up next to a hot blonde. Or in Bill Cosby's case, he wants to give the blonde the pill and you know, yeah. have her uh, not wake up until he's gone. But that's a different, st- that's a different type of uh, uh, persuasion yeah. that we're not going to, you know, uh, talk about. But, yes. uh, yeah. um, but, but John said that, and it was a huge aha to me. And it just made me realize that, that this one phrase I think about, I think about this when I'm selling anything, and that is, no one wants to read your fucking book. <laughs> None of these authors, no matter how good your book is, no one wants to read the book. I mean, if it's a fiction book or book of stories, yes. But Tim Ferriss, best-selling business book of one of the decades, 4-Hour Workweek. Do you want to read the 4-Hour Workweek or do you want to only have to work 4 hours in a week? Right. That's what people want. Right. So give them the ease of getting that thing. Do you ever, when, you, when you're putting together a copy, maybe not now, but at some point earlier, where you'd be writing and you realize you're talking too much about the book as opposed to the ease, and you catch yourself, and, and like, does that ever happen to you in your editing process? Like, how does that work? Not anymore. Good. <laughs> yeah, but it yeah. used to. You know, and you can think about this when you're talking about whatever it is you're selling. You know, you can be like, yo, yeah, you, you're gonna go out and you're gonna practice, and you're gonna practice, and like, yeah, you're gonna have your hard knocks, but you're gonna persevere, and like, we're gonna give you these techniques to persevere you know, in your yeah. business, be like, don't, don't say that that like, like if you're creating a bonus for your, um, business growth course, your bonus could be like strength and perseverance. I'm going to teach you how to persevere when the times are tough. That could be a, an interesting bonus, but what would sell better as a bonus would be, I'm going to give you this accounting software so you can keep track of all the money you're making. Yeah. And it's going to do it for you. Of course. Yeah. 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 So what do you, are you familiar with like Jocko Willink? Uh, yes, I love his book, Extreme Ownership. I haven't read the whole thing, but I love the concept and I share it a lot with my team members. That's awesome. Yeah, so like he's become very popular, obviously, in our culture and Joe Rogan talks about him a lot and this discipline, extreme ownership thing. Yeah. And so many people get juiced about that and they follow him and stuff. And yet what you're saying goes like he, he couldn't sell that. Right. So what, what do you think about like the, I mean, I know a lot of guys that say 18 to 44 who they like Jocko and they want yeah strength and tough and discipline. Yeah. Are they just saying that and they don't actually want to buy that concept? Well, you know, like we said in dating is people come in for the pickup lines and they stay for the confidence. Yeah. Because they think that they need one thing, but then what they really need is something else. Sure. So when you sell the dating advice, you tell them that the pickup lines are going to be in there. But you also tell them, if, you, if you're ethical, that they're going to learn the inner game skills that are going to make them more confident and more naturally attractive. Yeah. So... I guess, you know, in thinking about selling extreme ownership, if it was a course or something like that, you'd want to sell the benefits of it. Like when you have this, you're going to be able to do the things you've been talking about, thinking about, dreaming about that you've never gotten done. You're going to write that book. You're going to build that business. You're going to like have those conversations with your loved ones that you've been putting off. You're going to be able to get yourself to do things. Yeah. So sell the benefits. Even if the work is hard, if the benefits are strong enough, people will do the work. Yeah. So focus on the benefits. Great. Okay. So we're talking about you, you read the Cosmo magazine, you read all this, this stuff, so you, you, you don't know the market, so now you can understand what are the pain points they're talking about. Do you somehow codify all those pain points and benefits and stuff, or are you just kind of trying to download them at the start? So at first, download them. And the one thing I recommend you do not do 
is don't look too closely at the competitor's ads. Take a glance, see what they're selling, see the general hook, but then put them away. Do not have those out when you're writing. Because if you're studying other people's stuff, I have this theory that you will at best be 80% as good as the original stuff. So you wanna be able to create something original mm. that is above and beyond the other stuff in there, and it's by combining all that knowledge in your head that that's gonna come out. Yeah, that's a, it's a very, very, I hope everyone heard that. I, so you, you take in all this stuff. You take it all in. What's next? And then you really wanna think about who your prospect is. So my favorite definition of copywriting is from Eugene Schwartz, the great copywriter of the 70s and 80s, and he says you must enter the conversation your prospect is having in their own mind. And so to be able to do that, you need to think about who your prospect is. So an exercise I learned from Eben is to sit down and write an autobiography as your prospect. So who's your prospect for High Status Summit? Like give me like an avatar, think of someone. Like a, a name of someone or just describe them? Either. Uh, I mean, he's, he's 24, he drives, okay. he drives an Uber on the weekends and he has a normal job and okay. he sees all these people making money online he feels like mm -hmm. he's the only one who's not doing it. What is his name? Uh, Jim. Jim, okay, great, tell me more. Uh, sure, Jim uh, graduated, from, he's a bachelor's degree. Wait, 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 your Jim, tell me more. Yeah, Jim. Your Jim, no, no, now your Jim. You oh, were Jim, now you're being Jim. autobiographical, yes. Got you. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, this is the exercise. First you think so, yeah. about it, then you so, take, it, take him sure. on. So, I. Uh, I miss the college days when I would hang out with my bros and, and mm -hmm. get drunk with them and life was fun and now life sucks and everyone's got a job and I never get to see my friends anymore. And uh, I have this normal job and, and it's not at all what I thought it would be. It mm -hmm. sucks, there's so much bureaucracy, I hate my coworkers, I, I fucking jerk off too much and mm -hmm. I watch too much Netflix and I can't stop. And I drive Uber on the weekends and I try and pick up chicks in the back subtly because I don't want to be weird, but that doesn't work either. And uh, my parents are getting on my ass because they're like, what are you gonna do? You get this job you don't care about. Mm. Um, and I try to go to the gym, but I try to go five days. I only go two days and I mm -hmm. feel guilty about that all the time. Yeah. Um, I order pizza at 2 a.m. sometimes too much. I've gained 10 pounds since college as well, so I'm freaking out about that. Max girlfriend I see her on Facebook. She's a new boyfriend from college. He's fucking way better looking mm. than me. He's got a six pack, I hate him. Mm. Um, and I'm just really angry because it feels like everyone is succeeding and I'm mm. falling behind. That was fantastic how you tapped into all those emotions, those little frustrations. Yeah the big wants and desires, the feeling of seeing everyone else succeed but you, the feeling of having that anger, loneliness, yeah. beating yourself up. Yeah. Perfect, so you wanna tap into all that. If you were doing it for women's cosmetics, you might be Jane who's 43 years old, has three kids, her husband, they have an okay relationship but she wishes he would initiate sex more and she's starting to feel unattractive. Her girlfriends, you know, their husbands are taking them off to like, you know, romantic weekends and she hasn't had one of those in a while. She wonders if it's because, you know, he's looking at other women or something, like that. you know, yeah. getting really into that. That's yeah. the way to do it. So then the next level of that is sitting down to write to that person. Okay, but now it's not you anymore and it's not random Jim off the street, it's your cousin Jim who you really care about. You really want this person to be successful. And what that does is that turns you from a salesperson into a friend. And that takes your copy to another level because do you have someone in your life, Jason, that you've really wanted to help with something and they just wouldn't do it? Like maybe totally. it's your yeah. you know, wife, cousin, best friend or something like that? Totally, yeah. Okay. What was the thing? Does something come to mind? Yeah, as someone who wanted to start their own online business okay. and tried and stubbed their toe a million times and just gave up. 
Okay, got it. So if I bring in someone from the conference into this room, you're good at starting online businesses. You're one of the best in the world. You know how to do it. Yeah. You probably have a course that shows them how to do it. Mm -hmm. And you said it was your cousin? It wasn't a cousin, yeah. It's a family oh, member. Okay, family member. You know your course would do that, right? Yep. If you got a random person from the street here, and then you got your family member, and you're going to convince one of them to, or both of them to try your course, who are you going to close harder? <laughs> family member. Right. So that is the secret to closing strong without being salesy. Mm. Because with that family member, you're not going to be saying shit like, you know, Jim, if you buy now, I'm going to throw in a bunch of bonuses. But if you don't, you know, you're going to miss out. Yeah. You're not going to say, well, Jim, you know, this is $1,000 worth of value and I'm going to give it to you for 50 bucks. No, you're going to be like, Jim, listen to me, man. I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like to be frustrated with the way things are going. I also know what it's like to finally take that first step and see that first dollar come in and then another and another and then get that, like, you know, realize that, wow, I can go eat lunch at any restaurant I want today and not even look at the bill at the end. I realize what it's like to go apartment shopping and go to the nicest block in your neighborhood and walk into the penthouse apartment and say, I'll take it. I know how that feels, and this could be you, man, but you need to get off your ass. Mm -hmm. You've been fucking around for too long. The map is right here for you. You just need to do it, man. It's right fucking here. You just need to do it. So please, do it, man. I promise you this is going to work. That's the key. That's, that's what I call compassionate closing. Mm. I think, uh, I've, I've just said this to my wife last night. I just came up with this. I'm going to say it in all my talks. <laughs> Closing is caring. It really is. Yeah. If you made a product that you're proud of, that you think is really going to help people, then getting them to buy it is caring. It's caring for them. If you made a shit product, closing is not caring. Closing is scamming. Mm -hmm. If you made a great product, then closing is caring. Mm -hmm. So close hard. I think that was one of the best copy exercises I've ever heard in my life, dude. That great. Was, that was great. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, that was, that was awesome. So, you do the research, you get inside them. When you do that autobiographical exercise, do you ever fact check it with them in reality to see, to make sure you're not projecting things that aren't, aren't actually there? That's a great question. So the way to avoid that is to not say exact specifics. So let me give you an example. Let's say you're selling a dating advice course and your avatar is James, who's 32 years old, just got out of the, uh, uh, a marriage, he just got divorced, he's going back in the street and he's meeting women and you know, he'll get a phone number once in a while, but you know, doesn't always get a call back. And he'll get a first date once in a while, but doesn't always get a second date. And when he gets a third or fourth date, he finds it's a woman he's just not that interested in. And he's just in this pickle, you know? And he really likes blondes and like, you know, feels like the women that he likes, that they're just like, they want the models and the rich guys and they're not going for him, mm. you know? So, the way to screw this up, the way to do this wrong, is when you're writing your promotion and saying something like, hey, have you ever met a sexy blonde girl who was just your type, got her phone number, had a great phone call, even had a great first date, and then she didn't return your call? It's too specific. Because if someone's reading that and they were like, well, I'm into Asian women, so no, I have not. <laughs> and I use Tinder, so I don't meet women... In public, I'm too shy for that. But if you wrote it like this and be like, have you ever 
met a woman that was just your type and it felt like there was really a spark there, but then for some reason, you never ended up having things go anywhere with her and you couldn't figure out why. Then they're like, oh, yeah, there was this girl on Tinder. We had like 100 great conversations. We went on a great first date. She disappeared. I don't know why. Or the other guy can be like, yeah, I met this, you know, Maxim model. Everything was going great with her at the bar. We made out. She gave me her phone number. When I called, she didn't write back. When I text, she didn't write back. I finally showed up at her house and she was like, get the fuck out of here, you creeper. It applies to him too. Yeah. 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 So making universal statements that they can choose their own adventure, write their own story, fill in the blanks for themselves yeah. is the key to do it. Yeah. But you're still writing to that person. It's just allowing everyone to be a part of it without being too specific. Yeah. So good. So, all right, let's like, so once you, you have this and you start writing, do you, I mean, do you do the whole, I write a hundred headlines first and then I like, and the it's big idea, question, yeah. how do you, what do you do? So this is the first time I've revealed this anywhere. It used to be that copywriting is about one big idea. Now it's about two big ideas. There's the big idea for your product or service and how it's going to help them. And then there's a big idea on why they should watch your ad. First, you need to have the big idea on why they should stop scrolling and watch your ad. Mm -hmm. Then you have the big idea of what your product is going to do for them. So two big ideas. So think about both of those. Mm. And then, obviously, if the first one, the big idea why they should watch your ad doesn't click, they're not going to get to your next big idea. So make that one really juicy. And so do your two ads, excuse me, two big ideas, do they have to be congruent with each other or can they be separate? Because one's all about the click and the other is... Yeah, that's a great question. If you're doing a speech, they don't have to have anything to do with each other. So I just spoke at your program downstairs and I told a lot of stories and one of my stories talks about how I was prank calling people selling them uh, penis pills, it was a prank call. And then through that, I prank called my uh, person who became my mentor, Eben, and he hung up on me during the prank call. And then I learned something from him about how to give value first in business. And that was the secret number three I told him about. The prank call story has nothing to do with secret number three that I shared with him. But it's really funny mm -hmm. and it keeps the crowd engaged. Mm -hmm. So. I'm glad you asked that question because I hadn't thought about that. I'm going to say, um, I, I need to think about it more. But okay. now I'm thinking about like, uh, like poopery ads or like Purple Mattress or Dollar Shave Club. Those are just kind of funny. Yeah. And maybe if Dollar Shave Club, maybe if he wasn't selling razors, maybe if he was selling uh, deodorant or something, it would have worked just as well. I don't know. You, you just kind of went in there for the humor yeah. is, was, was the big idea of that. Yeah. Very interesting. It's funny, as you said, the two big idea thing, I look back on every winning campaign I had and that was present. And the ones that wasn't, it, was, it wasn't quite, I, I, you put words on something that I've seen and that's yeah, awesome. All right, well, dude, uh, thank you so much for sharing and revealing some stuff you never shared before. Um, you, are, you are seriously just a, a treasure trove of, of like marketing and persuasion information. So I really appreciate you and your thank time. Thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah, great chat with you as always. Great to be a part of this. I'll see you in Puerto Rico soon. Yes. Yeah, all right, brother. Right on. Cool. Why would a millionaire show you how to have a full-time paycheck without having a job at all? 
because I just wrote my brand new book. It's called Screw Jobs. It's totally free, no strings attached. You hit the link below. You can download it for free right now in two seconds if you want. And here's the thing. See, I have never had a job in my entire life yet. I became a millionaire when I was 24 years old. In the last 12 months, I've helped over 150 people from over 60 countries begin to earn a full-time income as well without having a job. This is the digital age. We don't need jobs to live life on our terms and do the things that we want. So if you want to get my brand new book, it's completely free for the rest of today. Just hit the link below. You'll get it in literally less than a minute. And part of this book, by the way, was dedicated to my college professor who told me I would never amount to anything. So if there's anyone in your life doesn't believe in you, doubts you, says you can't do it, get this book and let's show them what you truly are capable of.